as our camera fades in, we hear the rumbling of the engines long before we see our airship, the second kiss, making its way through the mana waste, currently en route from the city of Alkenstar towards towards Cloud Reaver Keep, the easternmost outpost in the Alkenstar holdings. And we are treated to a beautiful sunrise, just barely cresting off the edge of the, the horizon in the desert. It kind of peaks up, and we get a strange, dazzling rainbow of colors that kind of filter over the desert and hit the airship as we have coming close to the end of a full day of travel when the captain rings the bell and makes the announcement that Cloud Reaver Keep is on the horizon and within sight. You all manage to wake up stretch your legs get ready and Farah, the fair Farah winslow captain of the second kiss announces that our stay will be short she is keen to get a move on and you will have one hour in port to resupply get any things you need otherwise she's ready to set sail asap and so we have the shot of um, the airship being cleared for landing, descending. The engines are shut off. Giant grappling hooks are tossed down to the like docks where you guys are lashed in and slowly like pulled in to Cloud Reaver Keep. The keep itself is a fortress. Looks mostly like a military base. There's a lot of shield marshals and other soldiers around kind of keeping an eye on things. Most of them are pointed east towards the Spellscar Desert, making sure nothing dangerous comes towards the city. And with that, Hal, you feel a little tug on your, your blanket, and you look down, you see the, the halfling couple, the business people. Sir, have, is everything safe now that the, the saboteur has been taken care of? I think so. We got rid of them reindeer. And the saboteur, I think, I think we'll be all right. We were discussing whether we should disembark, but honestly, we'd really love to see the desert. Do you think it's safe enough that we come? Like, what do you mean by safe? You're going to have to uh, elaborate. Like, is there going to be more reindeer? Probably. There are going to be more saboteurs? Probably not. That's That's mostly what we're interested in. I mean, if if you think so, I know we had this discussion lo- like last night after after, well, before the lucky situation. But we'd like to stay if it's if 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 we have your word that you'll keep us safe. I'll pull my blanket over and then lift up my shirt and show them the giant chunk that had been bandaged by Nina, by uh, Anita and be like, I mean, if by safe you mean by not dying by this kind of wound yeah i can do that but you might get bit (laughs) there's like a word exchange of looks well we'll have a discussion and they sort of make their way back to their uh bedroom to sort of have a private discussion about what they're going to do on the next leg of the situation gattleby for for his part doesn't even want to disembark from the ship he just stays sleeping in his room and doesn't want to be disturbed 
Celessa, she is super excited to, to be here. And she's immediately off to try to reconnect with some old friends that she knows that probably are stationed here. And Farah is has tasked our goblin buddies to resupply and make sure we have everything we need for the journey. She does also reiterate the fact that we no longer have a cook on the ship or somebody that can attend to all of your you know, daily needs. So it's it might be a little less luxurious than originally planned. But we'll make do. Oh, we will. We'll make do. I'll, I'll pass Sabrook the silver short sword and say, there's something in here you might want to, you might be able to use on, you know, and I point to the myriad of weaponry he has on him um, in Panama short sword, the plus one striking short sword. I, I have this here. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I think I might stay on the ship bereft of cook. I, uh, I think I know a place I can be helpful with y'all. And I, begin the act of removing the cannon from my back <laughs> pass it over would y'all mind getting the runes in that I'll see what I can't do to scare us up some food I could try and take a gander at it but um maybe going to the garrison would be more helpful is anyone going by the way you think they got a bakery maybe I'm in. Alright, we also have to like stock up on some elixirs and stuff. Like booze? No, like health potions to keep us from dying. Yes, that's alright too. Yeah. And booze. Booze? Are you staying on the ship too, Hal? Yeah, after we go to the garrison. Yeah. I've been on the ship this whole time. Oh, right. Sorry. I was puking the whole night because of how shaky it was so turbulent. I'm starting not to like airships anymore oh, at all. Maybe get one of them new ones that don't make that droning noise so long. It's probably actually the, the goblins yelling back and forth across the engine rooms that really resounded. Maybe the garrison has something like Dramamine that I could use for motion mm. sickness, yeah? As opposed to just plain old drama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Saruk, do you have anything else that you'd like us to get for you while we're out there? No, just get that ballista up and running and I should be good. All right. Yeah. So at this story beat, you can feel free to buy anything you guys need, as long as you're not looking for things. All like Any kind of basic adventuring gear is available here. Definitely like booze and food supplies, things of that nature you can totally resupply with here. Rations, uh, potions, basic weaponry needs and crafting tools and things like that you can easily get done here. For Saruk's Ballista, is it just is it just a repair? Yeah, no, we're just looking to get a plus one striking on it. Ah, okay. You're like transferring the runes. Mm-hmm. I think transferring a rune is like 10% of the cost or something like that, or 5% of the cost. 10% of the cost. Yeah. So, are we transferring a striking? Uh, both plus one and striking. Yeah, so striking rune is 65 gold, so six and a half gold, and I'll just like 
Just call it six and a half goals for both runes at the same time. It's fine. Nice. Right, so let's go shopping. Shopping episode. Shopping. No, but but really, you know, just just know that like Farah is trying to get on a tight schedule. She doesn't plan to spend too much time here. If there's any other things you want to do other than resupply, you can. But otherwise, this is just like a quick, like just know this is the last bit of civilization you guys have access to for the next few days. Uh, it's supposed to be a three day journey to the Cradle of Course from here, and then a three day journey back. So you're going to be gone for. A, at least six days, if not more, depending on how much time you guys take at the Cradle of Courts. So this is, for many of you, this is the first time you're leaving civilization proper, maybe ever in your whole life. and this, That's just the severity of this moment here. As soon as Refi steps out from the airship onto the dock, he just kind of takes a moment to look around the nothingness outside the keep. A bit amazed. As we walk down, I think Hal is going to look at Refi and say, here, uh, he also had these on here, and I'm going to hand him some nice-looking set of thieves' tools. These might come in handy. They will if you accept this trade request I'm sending you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, beyond that, we are good to go. Is there a bakery? Unfortunately, there is no bakery. Are there any granola boss? There's plenty of dried stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of like dried stuff and trail mix and, and dried rations that stay good on like soldiers. There's not a lot of refrigeration or good chefs out here. Yeah, there's no, unfortunately. I'd have to say there's no bakery. I found some trail mix. They do have some peppermint in there and then like some stale chocolate niblets they call it a kiss is that granola the sweetest thing they have which is kind of the treat out here is uh basically like peanut brittle <laughs> and here's some peanut brittle look i'm buying i'm looking to buy elixirs booze and candy that's it i got five elixirs how much do they cost like three gold <laughs> yeah how much are the do the good ones cost? Do you have a snap leaf? Have you replenished your snap leaf, Hal? Oh, I need to buy that. You're right. Let me grab it. Okay. I think that would make sense to have out here at an airship dock for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a, a there is a pretty like pretty much eighty plus percent of the people here are shield marshals and uh, soldiers. So it's it's definitely a military outpost, and the, the like twenty percent that aren't are just here to like sort of cater to the military base and make a living off of doing like selling them and supplying them and stuff. As uh, as I'm haggling with the shop owner, I go, how does an elixir of life go from three gold to 150? Isn't there anything sort of in the middle? (laughs) Is it really that much of a difference? Yeah. It goes from three gold to moderate for to 150. Funny. Well, there's a 30 gold, a lesser, a lesser elixir of life. Is a level five item for thirty. I'll buy two of those. Big spender. I think he he responds by saying, like, you know, unfortunately, our economy is sort of a level based economy where things get exponentially more expensive, and you earn exponentially more gold to offset the value of those items. You lost me. <laughs> yep. So otherwise, uh, it seems like we have last call, and we're about to head off. 
Saruk back on the ship as you're you're kind of setting up into like chef mode um, and getting a look at the kitchen. You know, left in a relatively decent condition. Lucky for all his faults, was an ample chef and good at his job. And he's left you a capable kitchen to work with. I would think that you would probably have heard a little bit of like arguing in the hallway. And very clearly it's the, the merchant couple that were sort of having a sort of heated discussion in the hallway about whether to stay or to leave. But uh, it does sound like from the, <laughs> at least from the tone and from the, the end of the conversation, it seems like um, he wants to get off the ship and she wants to stay and she's won the conversation and they are staying at least for the journey out and back. And their plans are basically, you know, it is the kind of thing like, we're just we're going to go out. We're going to have a look. We're going to come back. And we'll, 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 we'll do what we have to do when we get back sort of thing. Like, you know, there, you guys are doing a round loop. So it's like a six day like detour, but they'll be back here. So I suppose, meanwhile, it's just whatever the hell is here and whatever amount is here, we're going to try to make the best thing possible, the most, like, uh, morale-raising of whatever the hell is here for dinner. Especially in this kitchen, like, it, one thing it hasn't been stocked with is, like, super quality ingredients. It was on a definitely stocked on a budget, more so to, like, just make sure that people don't starve to death on the journey. You could see where once upon a time this, like, the thing is, is like a lot of this cookware and a lot of the stoves and stuff were probably top notch like 20, 30 years ago. They've fallen out of like, out of style a little bit. It's not the newest technology, but you could tell that this place was put together by somebody who loves their ship quite a bit. An old beat up kitchen, not a lot of ingredients. We're going to put a lot of salt and a lot of garlic in everything. And we're going <laughs> to let that carry us. All right. Otherwise, um, everyone's everyone is ready and on the ship and ready to, to set off on our last leg of our journey, unless you guys have any last-minute preparations or anything you'd like to accomplish. Should we start maybe, like, doing watches in the night? Like, one of us stay up, or maybe two of us stay up. Maybe take shifts. Not a bad idea. I presume the farther out we get, the more... Things might consider us on the menu. Uh, yeah. I grin towards Hal. I think uh, me and me and Hal wouldn't mind taking night shifts, now would we? So eight for us and eight for you. Would you guys get a rest though, if 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 that were the case? Is there enough coffee on the ship to facilitate that? Might want to pick up a little more, but mm. they definitely have a lot of coffee. Uh, coffee is like a traditional Akinstar drink for sure. They definitely would have a good selection of coffee at this outpost. You better stock up on those espressos, Ruffy. Mm. Well, that's what I'm really craving for. Have you ever had those little hard candies that taste like coffee? Oh, the XOs, of course. I've missed those. They haven't had that since we were kids. I wonder why they discontinued it. Probably because children are eating caffeinated, like, candies. Drinking coffee since I was no bigger than Lucky. Dude, I don't think that's normal. 
I did that once and then I fell off the second floor of the house. I actually broke my arm. Good thing Kojak is a doctor. Oh, I think that's fairer. Yeah, so uh, you hear the sort of like last call ring of the bell. And uh, you can feel the ship sort of being unmoored from the side. The, the grappling hooks are like detached. And the engines sort of spin up as the balloons are sort of reinflated. And you guys are floating up and away from Cloud Reaver Keep. The whole ship sort of veers towards the east. And there's sort of this like final frontier wall that kind of splits off. And just looking off, you see the very beautiful, if not strange, spell scar desert stretched before you. Like this is this is a very particular area of the Mana Waste known as the Spell Scar Desert, which you guys have seen, right? You guys have access to the uh, the scene that has the map and you can kind of see. So uh, this is where we are at Cloud River Keep. We are headed all the way down towards this section on the map, which is kind of marked on here with Cradle of Quartz, question mark. This is the general area where it's supposed to be. And um, it's a three-day journey. And you guys all need to buckle up. Farah, for what it's worth, picked up the mana sheets, which is a sort of forecast of weather patterns, mana storm patterns in the in the vein of like a weather report. And she has warned that there is a estimated high likelihood of mana storm activity over the next few days. And she er- basically cautions everyone to stay alert and to stay safe. Don't do anything like don't climb off the edge of the ship and hang over because who knows what could happen, right? It's mana storms are unpredictable. And with that, you set off in mid afternoon towards cloud river keep. You guys have set up watch schedules. I think the first thing of note, I would say that happens as you float is we have a sort of, almost like a little montage slash scene in the dinosaur uplands because Celessa's entire purpose for being here is to hunt big game. And so as we sort of pass over the dinosaur uplands, uh, Farah pilots the ship to come down. So it's no more than like a hundred feet off the floor. Looking around, you do see basically large dinosaurs roaming the area, big brachiosaurus type creatures, the heads so high that you guys are in danger of kind of coming across the top of them. Small packs of of still large creatures, but dwarfed by the brachiosaurus kind of running along the ground and giant oversized fossils of creatures long since extinct kind of dotting the wasteland. And I think we see a shot where like Farah is kind of like saying, all right, let's set her down over there. (sighs) We'll get you your your hunting. And Celeste's like, no, 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 no. I ain't getting off this ship. I'm going to shoot him from here. And, like, she just kind of leans over the edge of the ship and gets her rifle out and just starts, like, taking pot shots at the creatures. But she has no, no intentions of putting herself in danger whatsoever. After she makes, like, a clean shot on this sort of Velociraptor-style creature and the rest of them scatter, she kind of, like asked the captain to put the ship down and she asked you guys if you would retrieve her kill for her 
Meanwhile, Saruk is whistling in the kitchen, <laughs> entirely oblivious to everything. Could I have could Refi have done something while that was happening? Yeah, you have a chance just to interact with this before it happens. Saruk, you hear a knock on the kitchen door. Come in. Of course, it's you. What's up? That shield marshal friend of Hal's. Uh-huh. Doing a bit of hunting, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I could borrow your gun. I'm going to ask why, and I'm going to hope that you're also hunting dinosaurs. I mean, yeah, I got to show her up, right? Go get him, and then over goes the Giselle. All right. You want to have a hunt off with Celessa? Yes, I would like to take a shot as well. All right, let's have a hunt off with you and Celessa. Is this, are we going to basically see who can get the first kill? Is it, is it like a race or is it like a quantity thing? I'll let her decide. I think she wants to go for the, she wants a big trophy more than she wants a body count. So she's looking for the, the best kill, the biggest kill. Try to look for the biggest, meanest thing I can, I can try to take down. Let's just do an attack roll off here. A single shot. You make an attack roll, and Celeste makes an attack roll. Whoever rolls higher is going to win. Does your Giselle have any striking runes or anything on it? Yeah, plus one striking. Plus one striking. All right. Plus one striking. So Celeste hits a 22 attack roll. Not super great. I bring out this huge rifle compared to my trusty dueling pistol take steady aim and I'll aim at the biggest baddest dinosaur I can see no ammunition run back down (laughs) 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 nods to where it is so okay well you beat Celeste by one with a seven on the dice for a total of 23 that's enough so I think I think maybe you you and Celeste were going for the same sort of target, and you you get there, your shot's just a little quicker, a little truer, and you fell the beast. Celeste, for what it's worth, thinks, like, she swears that she's the one that got the killing blow, but you know the truth, Ruffy. Her shot missed. But she refused to get off the ship to actually retrieve the beast, so she asked if you would bring her. She does All she wants is the head. You guys can do what you want with the rest. Yeah, sure. Does anyone want to help me get my kill? When you bring the Giselle back, if you killed it, bring it back. I'll nods generally towards everything I'm doing. Fresh meat would go a long way. Wow, did you see the tail on that thing? <laughs> yeah. We gotta take that in the Saruk. I'll carry that. You carry his gun back and I'll carry this uh, tail in. How big is this dinosaur and does it fit in the ship? I have a lot of questions. Yeah, this this one's not a huge, huge one. They didn't pick out like the biggest target, like a Brachiosaurus. This is like a, a large creature. So it, it would be able to be, you know, parceled down or hack up the brontosaur and drag it in pieces. Yeah. Saruk, do you want to come with us to grab this thing? It might take all of us all to get it on. Yeah, yeah, sure. What did you get, anyway? Let's see. Big thing. Large teeth, scales. Not really sure. Mm. Actually, it had feathers. You know. Everyone in Alcazar always always told me that dinosaurs, you know, were, like, 
large scaly lizards, but most of these have feathers. Look like big chickens. And yeah, funny what happens when you stay in a city and don't go experience the world. No offense. Yeah, we'll just call this a Velociraptor. That's, no, that's still a small creature. The Velociraptors are small creatures. They're about the size of like a small dog. Was it maybe a Deinonychus GM? <laughs> I'm helping you. That one's that's one. If you're that's thinking, still a medium. There's like nothing between. There's always medium and huge. Like the two differences. We'll just go with the medium one. We'll go with the Deinonychus. 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 It's a dire Deinonychus. It was large. <laughs> Which looks like a. F yeah, that's true. Either way, there's. I guess there is a, a GMO Deinonychus. <laughs> there's sort of like the montage of you guys like shooting it, going down, retrieving it, trying to drag it, having a hard time moving it. Like Hal's like dismantling the the tail. You know, you guys are doing all of this, and I think the next shot we get is sort of the whole dinosaur corpse just like piled in the corner of the kitchen, and then like a shot of like a nice steak on a plate as everyone is eating super fancy for dinner that night. Bell peppers and beef. Whoa, Saruk, this is amazing. It even tastes like chicken. Oh, you know, fresh ingredients. I mean, close relatives. It's a little gamey, but I think it's because it's a dinosaur, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I do have a question. Does everyone have the ablative um, armor plating? My lead today is cooking dinosaurs. I want to roll cooking more. Haha. <laughs> 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 Dinosaurs are a tough thing to cook, and you nail it. ABC-ative plating. Ablative? ABC-ative? Mm. Oh. So I just figured out how to do this new thing that kind of reinforces the armor that you guys already have. I've already given one to Hal because he's up in front of the enemy most of the time, and then... Every, if you don't mind, I do want to give Saruk the next one because I could only, unfortunately, do one. I mean, I have day. my own taps where the gears are on the armor. Oh, you do? Oh, nice. You Okay, so it's just you, Refi, that don't have one. Do I have to wear that? Yes, you do. I mean, I know you're usually far away, but we don't know about. We don't know who we're fighting. Doesn't really go with my shoes. Who are you trying to impress? The enemy that's trying to kill you? I mean, you want to look good, don't you? Of course, but you want to look good for the dinosaur? That's a dangerous train of thought. That's not a suggestion. <laughs> hmm. Alright, if you insist, Annie, for you, I'll wear it. Yes, just, just to be safe. Besides, we don't have to wear it until we start heading into uh, the the cave, the cradle, because it does take um, a couple minutes to get on, and then after you use it, it's gone. Having a hard time putting it on, it's almost like if we needed to initiate a trade in the game or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will help you put it on. Yeah, I'm not sure how uh, much I'm going to be able to use this, because it says I have to affix it to a shield. Um, I, I don't. I don't use a shield. Or yourself, I believe. It'll make me make noise. Yes, that's the thing. Like it would make you less stealthy. Yeah. I'm just trying to protect you all with temporary hit points, and yet you all have complaints. I'm just saying. I don't think it's gonna. 
be beneficial. All right. So interestingly enough here, which may be surprising, is that um, for the first time in a while, you guys are greeted with uneventful travel. Three days of travel that goes off without a hitch. You know, you guys are definitely on watch. You're nervous. You're looking. You know, you have this sort of worry that there might be some something coming. But every morning, every night, the clock passes. The ship goes on. The captains are very good at what they do. Um, the only real fear here is like almost like the boredom of the, the travel. But it's nice to have a sort of rest from the constant de- deathly situations you found yourself in over the recent weeks. And uh, we have like three full days of travel with nothing that happens. Just awesome sights. The Spellscar Desert just has very interesting sights. This really weird yellow sand that sort of shifts as you look into it and almost like mesmerizes you. And it's hard to like look away. There's parts where like the stone croppings on the walls are very distinct red and blue stone sort of layered in different layers. Um, that stand out in very stark contrast to all the rest of the colors. It's very mute out here, very dull and brown, but this red and blue is very striking. And you guys just find yourself sort of looking at it um, one day as you drive past or fly past. The weather is fickle here. You'll have uh, rainstorms that come out of nowhere and you watch as like the rain just is summoned almost out of nothing in these heavy thunderstorms kind of happen around you and you watch as the rain hits the the sand and the densely packed sand is not ready for that water and it just sort of like flows and makes huge flash floods that sweep across the desert and just look like they're very dangerous for anyone that might find themselves on the surface. Yeah, the three days of intensity, um, I think you maybe let your guard down a little bit and we awake on the third morning after leaving Cloud River Keep, which is the day that you are set to arrive at the Cradle of Quartz. And uh, Phoebe kind of greets you that morning and lets you know that there is some mana storms looming on the horizon. And in this case, we don't have, you know, like there, we're, we're no going around these ones. We're going to have to head in. So strap in. If you want to put a seatbelt on or something, that's probably safe. God, I forgot how good this feels out here. I feel alive. Oh, thank the God. Something happening. About to blow my brains out of boredom. I don't trust it. It's been too quiet. I think Hal and Reficule have been sleeping all day and getting really deep in the cups at night playing cards like days on for the last couple of days. Saruk has cleaned part of the kitchen such that this is my push-up area now. <laughs> I can get up and work out here. It just hasn't really left, except for when it's his turn to like get up on the blister. You had you had Anita craft the pull-up bar. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. Anita's just doing like in services for the cauterizing torch, the ablative plating, all the new gadgets. That I have given a couple of them so far. This is how you use it. Phoebe does let you know that this is basically by sundown we'll be at the Cradle of Quartz, assuming 
it's actually there and you guys aren't crazy, but she's getting to where to where you know the directions say to go. Beyond that, whether we find it or not, it's gonna be up to you guys. But basically she says we'll be, we should be there by sundown. So any last minute preparations you guys need to do for the day, assuming you're going to the cradle today would be a good time to do it. In a in a GM sense, this is saying like prepare for the day. And then in a game sense, he's just saying, we'll be there by night. So you guys know it's time to prepare. Um, and I think the last thing we see sort of before we head into the uh, the, the break here is the mana storm. Like one of you on the, on the front can kind of see it. The energy, like the clouds form and it's not just normal clouds. You can see like swirling colors and a vortex of energy and a strange sound that you've never heard before kind of rumbling in because you guys are kind of heading. It's not like you're, it's not above you. Like you're used to dealing with some of these mana storms. It's you're flying right into it. And it's, it's not a huge mana storm. This is in game terms, it's considered a level one mana storm, but this is the first time we're going to feel the effects of that sort of random mana stormness. So at this point in the game, this is where I have to, Roll on the mana storm table to see what the effects of this mana storm actually are. It's a good thing we thought this would be all of Alkenstar, and so none of us are casters, and we specifically prepped for this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, I'm going to make a roll on the table. Uh, I rolled a natural one on the dice. Is that good or bad? I don't know if they're actually weighted in any way. Oh, it doesn't look like it, actually. So. What it says is this is like a bleaching effect. So as as you guys sort of go into the cloud and the mana storm, the world around you almost gets dull and dark and dims just a little bit. A lot of the bright colors, any of the, the, the brilliant sort of beautiful things you have sort of find themselves muted as color is sort of drained around you guys. Uh, Hal doesn't look any different. Hal... Yeah. Hal's like, hey, it's like home, right? It's almost like like here, like how you feel like maybe this is sort of magical energy seeping in from the plane of shadows or something, right? It everyone feels themselves like drop like pale, like like almost like a black and white movie, but how everyone looks at Hal and Hal's like, what? I don't I don't see anything different, right? It's kind of funny. So everyone is basically drained of color while you're in this effects of this storm. So the whole ship turns into a black and white movie. I want to say that this is the meanest fucking thing. I, I don't know if you guys know it. I don't know if everyone watching knows, but Pathfinder's gnomes, they they literally must constantly experience new things or they get depressed and die. And they, the bleaching is an effect that happens to them where they are bereft of color. And I see the gnome effect and they're like, oh, ooh, oh, that's trauma for exactly one ancestry. Oh, shit. I had no idea. Mm. I'll put on this effect for our uh, for our scene since we are in a black and white old school movie now. Grayscale's everything. Yeah, luckily no one here is a gnome. So that's the last thing we see. The ships are <laughs> flying into the mana storm. Everyone black and white. Sort of, <laughs> sort of uh, drained of color. And um, the ship going into the storm. The camera's kind of looking up at it. And as, as the camera goes to break, there's a movement of something that crosses between our ship and the camera. The ship is careening across the uh, Spellscar Desert, 
we found ourselves on a mana storm that's turned everything black and white and old timey. Uh, it's probably still like the morning shift. So I don't remember who it was that has the morning shift. It's Nina and Saruk. Mm. So I think it's probably shortly after the 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 dinosaur omelets or whatever Saruk cooked for breakfast, like dinosaur s- sausage. I don't know. There's a lot of dinosaur based meals in the past few days. Just meat, 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 meat. <laughs> right. We're hopped up on protein. Mana waste mountain oysters. Uh oh. We're all just gonna be irradiated and die now. There's only Yeah, there's only two mountain oysters on that dinosaur. <laughs> I don't know who got to eat them. They were delicacies. Sounds like Rafi. But what we see is sort of as you guys are sitting there kind of enjoying breakfast, having this nice piece that's lasted for days, there's a sort of like blur of movement that goes right past the window that you guys are sitting at and eating. And you guys notice something on the outside of the ship. I'm not sure if my eyes are playing with me because everything is in monochrome, but did you just see that, Saruk? I did. Go get everybody up. I'm going to the ballista. Uh, The piece was never meant to last. What? Wake up! Right here at the table with you. Oh, ha ha! <laughs> Why are you up? You should be sleeping. We're the ones taking watch. Well, we're having our breakfast, and we usually go to bed. Oh, Rafi? Now, what seems to be the problem, Dollface? Oh, God. <laughs> no, sorry, don't, don't know what came over me. But, uh, the damn black and white. What's 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 going on? Refi was definitely asleep at the table. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I don't know. Yeah, so what what do you guys want to do? Where do you guys want to position yourself? I know Saruk said that you're immediately heading up for the ballista again. Yeah, and I'm gonna grab Nolby. Hey, would you look at that? I remembered wow. somebody's fucking name. I Hell like yeah. This effect. Take a hero point for remembering Nolby's name. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Tell him to lock the door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Let me lock the door. Come on. We got shit to do. Lucky's on the bottom of the ship just holding on for three days. (laughs) Waiting for a shot. Could I have squeezed Wybert in here? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Feel free to bring Wybert down from... uh... Buddy, where are you? Uh, Also, it's been three days. Uh, Make sure everyone is healed. Wybert looks like he's not at full health, so... You would have definitely had Bye, enough boom, time buddy. to repair Wybert. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, the layout of the ship, the only thing open to the air is the ballista up top and the sort of um, the back of the ship where the sort of open bar slash uh, the lounge is. Um, that's like the real opening. So, so Rooks managed to go up with Nolby. You guys are sitting on the top. Immediately start getting the ballista loaded. And so get so there'll be like an, uh, a shot ready to go. For uh, Saruk, but Saruk's taking care of Nina, sorry, Anita, Halbrant, and Reficule. Where would you guys like to position yourself? I think I'm good where I am. So what you what you see, sort of the the mana storm itself makes visibility hard outside the ship, especially with the black and whiteness. Hal probably more used to this than everyone else. I think Hal is probably the person that notices it first, but kind of like in the sort of movement flying within the storm you see a 
a winged creature that looks something like this. Whoa! They've 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 got a pair of like angelic wings coming off their back. You can see that as they like pop out, they're like wielding like dual scimitars as they fly. Um, their feet got like this weird sort of bestial bottom half, and you see their bodies covered in like these gross pustules, which are not uncommon for creatures that have been exposed to like living in the mana waste. Radiation. A little bit, yeah. It's not dissimilar to the gnolls that you fought um, way back in, you know, chapter one, book one. They were also covered in simil- similar pustules and commonly found amongst the mana waste mutants. I thought you were going to say covered in tattoos and I was going to say, and, and see Annie, they know how to look good, but pustules, never mind. And they actually are underneath the pustules. You do see like very intricate runic car, like not carvings, runic ink that like seem to glow and like kind of radiate their own energy across their bodies. And one of them is sort of like kind of flying right behind the ship. And I'll, I'll reveal the token right here. It looks like it's basically about to dive bomb you out. And at that point, I would like everyone to go ahead. Not you necessarily, you, but like you as in the ship. It's about to dive bomb the ship. Like in your guys. You get the scouting bonus. Oh, we get the scouting bonus. You get the scouting bonus, of course. So like not hit hit them in melee, right? Because that's when they at you. That's a 23 for Refi. That is not where I wanted that, but I'll take it. 24 for Anita, Kieran, Ulysses, Mendoza. Let's see those crits in chat. Oh, did we get a crit? Yeah, crits in chat for that one. Let's go. Woo! Because we are heading into a black and white encounter as one of these creatures off the back of the ship is is like basically going to be seen. It's quick enough to... It's using stealth for its initiative. It actually is quick enough to beat Everyone, it tied Hal, but ties go to creatures in um, in Pathfinder. The only person who got higher than everyone is Saruk. So Saruk, with your 31 perception, you beat this creature's 28 stealth, and you're able to basically get the first drop on what you'd like to do. Nice. So I imagine from where I am and where they are, there's like a 0% chance, even if I'm shouting at them, that they're going to be able to hear me. Unfortunately, it does seem that you are without you're outside of like auditory range, especially over the rumbling engines and such. That is what I thought. All right, so then just kidding. Device and strategy. Nope. All right, your stratagem is going to come up with a two. So then I guess I'm going to spend the other two Zero actions. Point. Zero point. All right, you know what? Just for you, I'm going to use yes! a hero point. You got two of them. So why not? there we go. There you go. You know, I gotta listen to you more, Ricardo. That was that's perfect. <laughs> you know, I, on second thought, I think I have a really good shot. I would like to interact to draw my backpack ballista for my second action. Yes. With a thirty-one hit. So thirty-one. You have pretty long range on this. I think we established this last time. You're within the range. Uh, thirty-one will absolutely be a hit, but not a crit. Ooh, Ooh that's terrifying. Damn. All right. So, making sure this math is all right for the runes. That's so many D12s. That makes me really happy. 20 damage. That's pretty cool with the striking rune there, right? And then I'm going to... I'm really glad that you guys didn't yell at me when I said, hey, yell at me when I forget this trigger, but... 
I'm remembering my trigger on my own, so that's fine. Uh, when I hit them, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do shared stratagem. Uh, I don't know where everyone's positionals are. I just uh, stagger on the back of the ship. Yeah, they are somewhere nebulously down there, and there is a flying thing. I uh, doesn't it, Refi? I know the name of what that is, and I'm not saying it, but that person is flat-footed to Refi on their next attack before the start of my next one. And that was three. Perfect. All right. Up next is the creature. So you all watch as, like, this creature is going to, like, it's, it's basically hidden. Most of you guys couldn't even see it because it was stealth. Saruk, like, shoots the ballista off the top of the ship, and you just watch as it, like, explodes against one of these creatures and kind of draws your attention there. But at that point, it's too late um, because they are already going to beat you guys. And sort of, like, shielding the eyes away from this, like, ballista, looking up at Saruk, who has, like, an eye shot on this thing, it um, angrily, like, looks forward and kind of takes his thumb, or it takes his hand, and just does, like, a one of these, like, a down sort of motions. And then for its first turn, it's going to use all three actions to do something called a raptor dive. So this creature is able to basically double dash, fly forward, which it does right towards Reficule, who's on the back of the ship. And it makes um, a paired strike. So paired strike is another ability it has, which says... Uh, it makes two attacks. Uh, they combine into one damage to bypass resistances, and as well, it doesn't increase the map until after they both hit. Actually, your ballista, what kind of damage does it do? Piercing, probably. I think what you would have seen, too, as you hit this thing and, it, and your ballista sort of pierces right through it, the runes on its body sort of flare up. And they're now glowing like a, a dull orange energy. And it's going to make two scimitar attacks. Ooh, thank you, James Wolf, for the subscribe. Yeah, James Wolf. Thank, thank you. you, James Wolf. Uh, first strike is a 19 on the dice for 34. I'd say that hits critically. Ooh. That's a critical hit. So 26 points from that. Um, and then its second strike is uh, taken without the map. 13, which is a hit, but not a crit. So that one is 18 <laughs> points. Lord. And then, because it's using this sort of uh, raptor dive ability, if both strikes hit, the target is knocked prone. And Ruffy is immediately knocked prone. So Ruffy, you're knocked prone. And this thing dives in, two Simmerstar strikes, knocks you off your street, feet, and then it sort of, like, you're, like, knocked down. It's still, wings are still flying, and it's still hovering right there over your uh, your body. Over on this side, another one sort of dive bombs out of the clouds uh, and does the same thing, this time against Hal. So that's a uh, Scimitar strike on the first one is a 19, which misses. The second one's a 24... So so this hits, and I don't know if you have anything that can sort of reduce it. No. Okay, perfect. So it is a hit, which does regular damage. Double ones for a total of eight damage. And because they didn't both hit, you're not knocked, you're not knocked prone. And then over here on the side, there's a third one of these. 
that flies in and let's see it's flight it has a speed of 40 flying so it sort of flies in right over the top or i guess it, it flies in here and then ends up right between hal and anita and then for its second action, it's basically going to tumble through fly past Anita. This is a movement action. It would trigger an opportunity attack from Hal. Okay, go ahead and take it. 22 is a hit. It's actually flat-footed thanks to Wybert. Alright, 19 points of damage. Not bad. But it will then attempt to uh, basically tumble through Anita. Gotta look up tumble through again. Against I think a my third. that hit uh, that succeeds. <laughs> yeah, so mm -hmm. tumble through is against your reflex DC. Mm -hmm. uh, so it does. There's no such thing as critical success. So it actually is able to do that, and it flies um, with a second action, sort of through you, and it gets into the middle of the room, still sort of flying. And with this last action, it sort of like flies all the way to the door, of the cockpit, and then stops and lands at the cockpit door. That's their turn. How? Look at him. He is the captain now. <laughs> the other thing, too, so you're on the ballista, you're on top, you look down, you can still see a couple of them on the back, but one of them has completely gone out of your view. You have no view on them once they go inside the ship. Gotcha. All right, how? All right. I think I'll do a dueling parry on myself as my first action, and then I will attempt to knock down this creature here. Okay. Yep, target that creature. You can use this, the trip macro there if you want. You have a plus one on the trip because you have a plus one weapon that has that has the knockdown trait, right? Yeah. Alright, you make an attack, and then if it hits and deals damage, then you get to make the trip attack. Perfect. 26 hits, 7 points of damage. That seems low. Low rolls. That was one and a two. All right. And then I will. Did that slashing damage? Slashing. All right. As you slash through it, you watch as the runes on its body flare up and they turn like a deep purple. Awesome. But not really. But it takes the full damage. Yep. And then I do a athletics check right after without a map. Yep. Full on athletics check. It's going to be a 21. Technically, you have a plus one item bonus because your weapon has has the trait on it, I believe, the trip trait. 22, and it targets... Let's see. Reflex DC. Trip is... Yeah, the reflex DC, which in this case, uh, 22 is not enough to succeed, so it's a failure. All right. And that is my turn. Uh, so, not a critical failure, just a regular failure. Okay. Perfect. Uh, that brings us to Anita. Alright, so I am going to stride 10 feet onto Rafi, and with my healer's tools, I'm gonna do quick medicine on him. So, that's... Let's see... I'm gonna do it with assurance. So, it's 2d8 for Rafi. Okay. Uh, you heal for... 13 points. And... Thank you, Annie. Uh-huh, and then I have one more. And then for one, I will use two to give to Wybert. 
Okay, his first action will be to stride over this fella right here. And then his <laughs> next action would be to just uh, to attack him. Would this be flanking? Uh, no, there's no flanking in this situation here. Ruffy's, uh, Ruffy's knocked down. He's You're not on the other side of this creature. There's definitely no flanking here. It's all right. Wyvern smash! Oh, 21 oh, is a 21 to hit. 21 is a miss, unfortunately. Uh, that is it for my turn. No Wyvern smash. Uh, Reficule. Knocked down. This creature still floating over the top of you. Just two strikes. Knocked you on your ass. What would you like? And they're flat-footed you. Not sure if they have a reaction, though. Not sure if I want to risk mm -hmm. it. I'm going to... Can I step while I'm prone? One second, I just remember something. Hal, you did a melee strike on this creature. Yep. As you slash through it, you notice that some of the pustules on it sort of uh, slice open to your slash. Um, and I need you to make a basic reflex save. Dinner. That is not a dinosaur. <laughs> Does have a tail, though. Some tetanus for dessert. No, that was book one. <laughs> uh, 23 is a success. Yes. So you take, you just take half damage. Uh, so you take three points of, of acid damage from the pustules on Hal. Sorry, back to you, Ruffy. Uh, am I able to step while I'm prone? You cannot step when prone. You can crawl. Crawl does provoke opportunity attacks. You cannot step while down. Like there's, I don't think there's any way out of the being knocked prone next to an opportunity attack without kip up or anything like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tommy, but you definitely can't step prone, and you you can't step unless you're standing. You can't crawl five feet, but then it does provoke opportunity attacks. Mm. Then you know what? I'm gonna shoot in the face from down here. Yes, shoot him. They are flat-footed. You are prone, which... It already takes it from my... Yeah. A dirty 20 is going to be enough to hit. Right. Not a crit, but the, the, the flat-footedness is what's making you actually hit in the first place. See, I knew this was going to happen. I planned for it. 10 damage. So it's 10 piercing damage. In this case, you your weapon has what is called concussive damage, I believe, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. So you take the lesser resistance between bludgeoning and piercing, and in this case, it takes the full 10 damage. And then I'll do a reloading strike. Okay. Oh, was that a good idea? Screw it. It's what, it's what I do anyway. Um, that map. It's flat-footed still. Flat-footed, still 14 is a miss. All right, so that's a reload. Uh, third action. It's just an action to take a potion, right? Because it's part of the like bandolier thing. I still have to, I still have to pull it, it out, it's, right? It's an interact to, to pull it in your hand, and then it's an action. It's another interactive drink. So it's two actions in total. I'll pull it out for now. I'll pull out uh, the minor elixir of life. Okay. Uh, for what it's worth, when you take your reloading strike, it does not take an opportunity to attack on you or anything. I don't know if it could. Does it? I think it's it, reload is a manipulate action, so I think theoretically oh, that's most true. Of 
could have taken it, it would expose you. I don't know. I don't think reloading strike takes away that trait on it. Uh, if that's if that's the case, if I noticed it didn't make an attack while I was doing the reloading strike, I wouldn't have taken out the potion. I would have just crawled. <laughs> crawl there under the table. <laughs> just... uh, I'm assuming I can crawl like at least. That I think far. you can only crawl five feet, actually. Five feet, right? then fine. I crawl. Crawl is. I crawl crawl is you, if you're prone, you can crawl five feet and stay prone. I literally just roll under the table and go. Oh bloody hell! Yeah, I'll give you standard <laughs> cover under the table. Uh, all right, so Nolby's up at the top with you, uh, Saruk, and and she's just like. Oh, is, is she the one? Is she just loading the, the ballista for you? So I feel like the ballista's been loaded. I think it's. Uh, I'll turn down, look at her. Turn it to face the back of the ship. Um, if I don't have a shot, I'll fire it. Otherwise, it's on you. Just keep it moving. All right. So uh, Nolby uses her action to sort of aim the, the thing and position it so it's aimed right at the creature and just gets it ready to be fired, at least. You guys already preloaded it in the build-up, so that's fine. Uh, and then Saruk, top of the second round, it is your turn. Okay, so I have line of sight to the two that are on the the back porch. Yeah? Yes, so there's two on the back porch. You have sight to both of them. Um, one of them is currently... Yeah, like, one of them is, like, engaged with Wybert, and one of them is engaged with Hal. Got it. So then I'm going to... Oh... I don't think I can tell which of the two, excuse me, that I... Is the more beat up from my... I'm just gonna... I'm talking too much. Divide the stratagem! 24. to see. Thank you, Anita. I appreciate you. I <laughs> am satisfied with a 25. So second action, I am going to... Uh, use a free action beforehand to remember where my character sheet is on my there we go okay cool cool we're doing it live so then uh, i'm gonna if it's it like it doesn't look like the one that knocked refi down is gonna like turn and chase after refi it looks like it have a hard time because it's currently like wybert's kind of positioned between refi and it right now gotcha and the one that hal is fighting is prone question mark uh no Hal did not successfully prone it so i'm gonna target the one that's in hal's face then what a 25 hit 25 does hit all right so i designate hal for this uh they are flat-footed to hal's first attack next round and blam Ugh, that is not good damage 11 or 15 damage 15 piercing damage okay Mm. So uh, they take the piercing damage, and you watch. They take the full fitting damage, and how you watch as the the tattoos on the chest kind of shift from purple to orange. Interesting. And that was three. Mm. All right, Nolby. Here's hoping you know how to fire that thing. We're gonna see what's gonna happen now. All right. The first one of these creatures will will go. Um, it's gonna target Wybert. Oh no, not Wybert. <laughs> yep. Uh, so targets Wybert with a well. Let's, it's going to use the um, paired strike ability it has to make the two melee strikes against Wybert. So starts with the first strike. That's a total of dirty twenty, which is a miss. 
Yes, good job, Wiper! Second one is a 25, which is a hit. So only one oh, hits for just damage. Uh, 16 points of damage to Wyvert. Okay. Does Wybert have any heart built-in hardness? I don't think he does, right? No, no. Got it, okay. Just hit points. <laughs> so that was two actions. Mm-hmm. One map. I think we'll then... I guess going to sort of fly, and it's going to kind of go out away, and then fly like around like this, and sort of position itself. So it flies here and around you guys, and sort of lands on the deck right near the door. Kind of flies over the top of Refuse, hiding on the table. Doesn't have any action to take a strike or anything, and just lands like right here near the door. All right, the other one's engaged with Hal. The other one will target Hal. Also do a paired uh, strike. So two strike attacks. You do have dueling parry up. Ooh, that's a two for a miss. Second one is uh, another two. Double 17s, double miss. Hal's able to easily fend off this creature without issue. I like the notion of it brings its scimitars into where Hal is, and that's when the bullet, like, slams it in the shoulder and it staggers backwards. Yes. <laughs> Gets angry, and then I guess... I guess it was his third action. It will also sort of try to f- swoop around you, Hal. This does trigger an opportunity attack, but I think you used your reaction. No, you didn't. You're good. You have a reaction. I will take it. Go ahead. Watch out. Mind me as I struggle to print a feat that I forget how it works. Ooh, a natural one. That is not going to be it. So that burns shared stratagem, unfortunately. I don't know if you have a hero point, Hal. Now might be the time. It's flat-footed to this. Yeah, I'm thinking I need to use the hero point. Let's use it. Roll and Come on. Result. Oh, uh, so it turns a natural one into a 22. Woo! Uh, which, which then turns that into a hit. 15 damage. 15 points of damage. Um, and then it sort of lands and it like gets right in front of the door and it stops. And it looks like it's basically here positioning itself in the door to stop you guys from getting in. And that's its turn. And then back in the inside, the third one that made its way um, in, you just watch as uh, the door is like locked and it has its scimitars and it's just, it's just doing its paired strike at the door. 20 on the first strike. 20 on the second strike. So pretty sure 20 is enough to hit a door. We combine the damages. 13 and 13 for 26 points of single damage. There's some hardness on it, but you but it's basically cutting through the door at a pretty fast rate. And it looks like the door probably doesn't have too much. I'm about to look up door stats in a second, but we go to your turn, Hal. All right. Uh, I'm going to dueling pair. Well, yeah, I'm going to dueling parry again, and then try to knock this guy down. Strike. Yeah, like a wood has... Tw- so wooden structure, 40 hit points, harness of 10, so 26 down to 16. So it takes 16 points of damage to itself, and it's looking... It's looking rough. Like, another turn of that, and the door's going to be gone. Sorry. 28's a hit. Nice. 16 damage. 16 points of damage. It takes the 16 points of slashing damage. Uh, the pustules explode outwards. Uh, you can go ahead and make that reflex saving throw. 26 is enough to just take half damage. 
You take four points of a- two sorry, two points of acid damage. Oh, sorry, that wasn't my reflex. That was my athletics check to trip him. That is a natural one. Oh, good so point. Oh, points. that's the reflex. Okay, so he is tripped. 30, 26 is enough to trip it. Trip, is it just on a success they're knocked prone? On a success they're knocked prone if it's a critical. Yeah, they take a 1d6 if it's a critical. So they don't take any damage, but they are knocked prone. You sweep him out of the air. He slams his wings, sort of like lose fallout from under him. He lands on the deck. You take the full, the eight points of damage from the failure, and you're now taking uh, 1d4 persistent damage from the acid pustules that are burning away on you. That's uh, that's only one action. You still got, oh, sorry, that's two actions. No, that's all three. Action. Yeah, I did dueling parry. Dueling parry is, is, uh, Oh, I didn't realize he, that one feat is uh, it's two actions to do the knockdown. Knockdown and then a trip, yeah. But that just doesn't that doesn't do map until after both go. Yeah. No, okay, that makes sense. So it's yeah, it doesn't save you actions, but it does save you map. Uh, you take one point of acid damage at the end of your turn, and you can make the recovery check. Mm, still burning, or still still pushing away, still getting eaten away by the acid. Okay, Anita. All right, does it take one action to tell Saruk that there's one of these creatures trying to get into the cockpit? It doesn't, but Saruk is so far away with the loud roaring engines, you can't communicate verbally. Budge. Just get a sign, run out to the back, hold it up. You can, you can, if you want to spend an action, you could mime, like, you spend an interact action and sort of, like, wave your hands and, like, point and try to communicate what's going on but verbally which would be free is not capable at this long distances or like for, for what it's worth before you do that did, did all of them go inside the ship there's still two that are outside the ship oh, okay i got it they are guarding the door but they they look like they're trying to stop you guys from getting in what do you think anita's trying to say what <laughs> one through the door cockpit 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think Anita has been spending too much time with Ruffy. Wow. <laughs> okay, uh, second action. Clip it. <laughs> second action, I'm going to pull out <laughs> a moderate lightning uh, bottle. Yes, and hit this man right here. Bottled lightning, there you go. Yeah, go for it. Can someone roll for bottled lightning? <laughs> For me, please. <laughs> Are you using the moderate or the lesser? Yes. Moderate? Oh, uh, for the moderate. And then I'm going to hit this, uh, the guy on the corner. Like on my right. Yeah. That way Hal doesn't get the splash damage. You're little, you guys are learning. 13 on the dice for a total of 26, which will be a hit. Sweet! Looks like it's seven points of electricity damage from the, or, sorry, nine points of electricity damage from that. It takes two more damage from the splash they both do. Mm-hmm. It's flat footed. It's flat footed to everyone until the start of your next turn. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this one here, you watch as you hit it with the electric bottle it's it's like runes the the tattoos light up and it glows like crackling blue lightning energy now mm, okay and then i'm going to have wybert i'm gonna so that's one action i have one more i'm gonna use one action to give wybert two 
And then he will stride till here. Oh, God. Just move. There you go. Okay, and then he is going to take a hit on this fella right here. Go for it. I'm going to try. Why were smash? He's flat-footed, right? He's prone. He, uh, this one over here is prone. This one over here is flat-footed from the lightning. So the lightning, on, the flat-footed only hits the target you hit. Well, the prone guy is flat-footed anyway. Yeah, the prone guy is flat-footed. Just hit prone. I'll do the prone guy. Okay. Yes, this one worked. Oh, that's... Uh, oh, no, I'm going to use a hero point. <laughs> Wybert hero point. Bring it. Wybert hero point. Here we go. I'm rerolling it with the hero point. That turns a miss into a hit. Thank you. 23 total, which is a hit. This was Wybert smash? Yes, Wybert smash. So Wybert Smash deals 15 points of damage to the one that's prone, bringing it near death. Woo, and that's it for Wybert's turn. For my turn. Uh, Refcule. Alright, one action to stand up. One action. You stand up, you remove the cover, you remove, like, <laughs> you, like the table like moves. Yeah, one action to stride over there. Actually, no, I'd sorry, it'd be... I'd probably go here. No, because I need a line of sight on this guy. Um, and third action, I'll shoot the one near death. Is there any penalties for range attacks on their prone in Pathfinder? If you're prone, you can take cover to give yourself cover against range attacks. But if you don't take the cover as an action, you're not actually benefiting from any. If you try to like go prone, you can, but you're not always given benefits for it. So yeah, you're good. Alright. 28. That will be a hit. Nice. For 9 points of damage. 9? 9 points of damage. Not enough to finish it off, unfortunately. That is all 3 actions. That's my turn. Alright. Nolby is able to take 1 shot. It's kind of a dangerous shot because... It's like right as close as they could get to without being inside, but I think Nolby will use an action to aim at the one that's like this one here, not the one that's prone, but the one that's standing up, and then she fires the ballista. So a ballista basically has um, the target has to make a reflex save. It's a DC 19 reflex save. So I will roll a reflex save for this creature. Yeah, you will. It's a 32, which is a critical success. Oh, my God. And so the damage would have... The damage itself was... So... The man wants to roll his ballista damage, damn it. Pretty light. It's 28 points of ballista damage, but on a critical success on the reflex save, it swoops out of the way, and all that you get is a giant ballista arrow that, like, the, the bolt comes down and just fires through the, like, floor and is half embedded... And sort of opens up a little bit of like open sky beneath you guys as it just impales and deals no damage. And then she's like, oh shit. And then two actions to her second two actions are to like start loading it and get it half loaded for the next fire. How ready? Here comes the thing. Mm. Gonna be a 22. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. So then we will take it. Second action is to reload the Giselle, and then third action. What uh, a 23 hit. Well, there's two creatures. So one is like prone and like being like blasted by everyone. It's right in the doorway. And the other one is sitting, is flying, like standing there floating, but is like zapped from the electricity. So which one do you want to target? So the one that's both of like... them are. Both are flat footed. Yeah. I really wish I would have left my token. Yeah, there is, but I'd... the amount of actions it would take Saruk to get down there is woof. I think probably... There's one blocking us from getting through the door. Oh. Well, you know what? I think it's going to be that one. Okay, perfect. Uh, 22 is enough to hit. Nice. Brah. Anti damage. Very nice. Um, way more than enough that's needed. It actually looks like... Finally. <laughs> yeah, so the one drops, uh, the, like, oh, you watch as, like, they die. Both the scimitar sort of fall out of its hands, and it's kind of, one of the three is completely, like, dead now. It's funny how it's hard to Woo! protect your head from shots from above when you're fighting people all around you, and suddenly just, <laughs> and he collapses. Well, well, well. I am debating whether or not I wanted to do that. Not, yeah, fuck it. It's fine. Oh, non-lethally? That's true. You do have the option of doing it non-lethally. Do you have the option of doing that? Now I'm now I'm decision paralysis thing. Heck, too many decisions. Pathfinder hard. We should switch to... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think no. I think we're going to go with that we have lots of things to do and we don't have a place to keep these guys in our side. Shooting to kill. And that is three. That brings us to their turn. So this one's... I think it's only flat footed until the start of its turn. Start of your next turn. So it's actually still my flat-footed. next turn. Yeah. Perfect. I think from here, it it does a sort of a step, step, closes the door, like narrowly gets away from you guys. Closes the door. <laughs> closes the door on you guys. Now it's trapped in the room with Refi. Unfortunately, I'm outside. Damn it! Get in the room. <laughs> Uh, the one out here attacking the door, 21, is going to be a hit. 15. Is the door flat-footed, though, Steve? <laughs> Natural 20, so I think what it does is it just completely double smash strike. The door flies open. You guys can't see this because you're outside, but Farrah is, like, driving. The door, like, slams behind. She looks over her shoulder as this guy, like, comes in and uses his third and final action to step in the room, like, right with Farrah. Okay, okay, we got it, we got it. How? This was going to be Farrah's last trip, and then she was going <laughs> to retire. I will say to Saruk, like, getting down, you're right. Getting down takes a lot of actions to run through the whole ship. There is sort of the quick emergency way that, like, uh, Nolby points out, which is around the edge of each blimp. I think we talked about this before. There's sort of like ladders that are really meant for like maintenance and not like emergency use. But you could always, in a pinch, just like basically try to jump and like use them to kind of guide yourself down the side of the ship and end Woo! on the deck. Nolby, my miss... quick escape route is this. It taps the snap leaf that Saruk is wearing. <laughs> That's true. You a seven feet or a seven foot orc just sliding down a ladder on the side of a blimp. This Whoa! was definitely made for someone my weight. <laughs> <laughs> so as i step towards the door my shadow is going to open it okay for free yeah i didn't have any ability to like lock the door or anything so uh yeah you have the clever shadow fee which is really cool from your uh your shadow what is it called your fetchling 
Um, you can perform simple interact actions with your shadows, such as opening a door. You can perform simple interact actions with your shadow, such as opening a locked door. Anything your shadow interacts with must be within your reach. Your shadow can't perform actions that require significant manual dexterity. It's weird, right? It doesn't say it costs no actions, but it doesn't say it costs an action. It's it's kind of nebulous, right? It says your shadow can perform simple interact actions. It doesn't say you have to command your shadow to spend an action or anything. So, uh, yeah, let's allow it. So you step and your shadow opens the door in one action. That's awesome. Hello, birdie. And I would like to do a snagging strike. This would be a good time to crit, by the way. Boom! What do you know? That Thank is you for crit. manifesting that for us, GM. We appreciate you. You are welcome. 24. That's the critical damage? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, 24 points of damage. So you watch, right? You slash into it. You slash into this last time. And um, it actually takes less damage than you would expect from this. It does blast some of the pustules. You can make another uh, reflex saving throw for me, please. Uh, 21 is a failure, so you take the full acid damage. Max damage to balance out the minimum damage, so that's 12 points of acid damage. Uh, but but you are hit. It is now flat-footed from your snagging strike. You're like holding it there. Yeah, uh, make a map attack against it. That's a hit. I'm rolling this damn one over and over and over. Yeah, you keep rolling it. You gotta change your dice, man. Uh, it takes less damage than you would expect from that. Oh, let's go. That's everything, right? That's all three? Oh, yeah, we get it. Uh, so the recovery check fails, and you take uh, two more acid damage. All right, Anita. All right. So... I'm going to delay my turn. Kill it, Ruffy, so I can run in. Very, very nice uh, use of delay turn. So, Ruffy. All right. Oh, wait, no, you're not. It's just delayed on my end. All right, I'm going to reload my gun. First action. Huh? Second action. I'll shoot it. Okay. Come on. Ooh, that's a four on the dice for a dirty 20, which in most, well, yeah, here's the thing. It, it is, it's it's a hit because of the flat-footed condition, but it's also a miss because you're shooting through an ally, so it gets one circumstance bonus, so it's just a miss. I'll use the hero point. Yes. Yeah, hero point it up. Uh, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. Not a great roll. It's only a seven, but it's enough. We don't call those hero points. We call them like middling uh, adventurer points. C plus points. <laughs> yeah. Day job points. All right. Damage. Seven points of damage. Seven points of damage is not enough to bring it down. Yeah, that's uh, all I got. I'm just going to reload. Nolby is like finishes reloading the ballista, but then there's no targets left. Uh, brings us back to Saruk. Oh, I still have a turn. Oh, that's right. Anita was holding her turn. He so can't shoot turn. this dude? He's inside the building. There's, like, total cover. He's, like, inside a room, and the ballista's on top of the ship. There's just no way to get it. There's no visual at all on the creatures anymore from the top. Okay. One action to ride on Wybert, 
Yeehaw, Wybert. Clockwork cowboy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead and mount, Wybert. You can click that mount button, right? Everyone and everything, get off from Wybert. There we go. Wybert has... Oh, actually, it says Wybert has mounted Anita. I did it wrong. I did it <laughs> Wybert not the other way around. Anita has, Anita has mounted Wybert for one action. Okay, you're now on Wybert. Okay, and it, okay. all right. And then giving two actions... Uh, using two actions to give Wybert three. So his first action would be to... Tumble through. Tumble through. He's just going to barrel through this man. All right, have Wybert make an acrobatics check. This will end well. Acrobatics. Against the reflex DC. Oh. I believe in Wybert. I don't know about you at home, but I believe in Wybert. I want to believe in Wybert. Come on, Wybert. Mary Chrysler! Come on, Anita's laptop. A two! The Wybert oh. is not able to make it through the creature. The creature holds its ground against Wybert. Okay. Do I. S- where can Wybert stay then? I mean, it's a tough. Oh, would you look at to... that! Annie's got a hero point. Oh, look at that oh. hero point from chat! <laughs> Holy oh, shit! Look at that! Thank you, chat. <laughs> yeah, chat. Fuck yeah! Wow. All right. RK I'm... Richard RPG. Very cool. If you thank you, RK Richard RPG. <laughs> Turns out that has a thirty-minute cooldown. In case anyone was trying to throw hero points at Anita. Oh, it's the natural one. Uh, well, that makes it worse. That turns it from a hero point to a zero point. So. Oh no. Okay. Just like that. <laughs> Could Wybert go here then? Could he go to this corner and try to hit him still? Yeah, I mean, we, we're we kind of tough with the space we have here, so I'll let you kind of get up in here. I'll let you uh, try to punch him through there. He has partial cover from the doorway and allies and stuff, but you can try. Here we go! 19. I'm going to change my dice for a wipe. 19 is not enough to hit, unfortunately. One, two, one more. <laughs> Let's try again with a map. Uh, 14. Uh, nope. Okay. Sadness. Okay, that's my turn. All right. I'm going to change my dice. Saruk, you're on top. You've lost sight of all of the creatures. Anita's done a sort of like miming thing at you. <laughs> Yeah. So I think my concern is, I know I'm I'm way 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 up, but like these beings seem to be acting with like a a certain degree of sentience when they are like diving and swinging manufactured weapons and things. I mean, you looking at them, right? It does seem they have like a very singular focus sort of battle tactic mission, and the way they're communicating with each other implies a level of intelligence. Yeah, if they're speaking, then yeah, for sure. Okay, so three dudes can't take one airship. I think I'd like to just scan the skyline for anything that might be waiting in the wings, clouds, or off to the side. Sure. Give me a perception check. Give me a seek action. Scanning the horizon. I really wish I could pursue a lead. I do not have the time to do so. 17. Uh, it looks clear for the moment, although the, the mana storm that you guys are literally within is reducing visibility quite a bit, but you feel confident looking around that there's nothing in the immediate vicinity, at least. Got it. Well, I don't really think there's a lot I can do. God. Uh, I think I'm going to use my second action to reload my Giselle and my third action. I'm sure that 30 is fine. I'm not worried about that 30. Sorry, I added Farah to the initiative. 
Oh, oh fair. I'm, I really am less worried about it. Uh, second action is reload the Giselle. Third action is contribute one action towards the reloading of the Ballista, if I'm counting its actions correctly. Uh, well, that brings us to Ferris' turn. The fair Ferris Winslow, who's driving the ship, the creature busts down her door, steps in, scimitars at the ready. I think with one action, she draws a rapier. I think she draws, yeah, she draws a rapier from her belt. Keeps one hand on the wheel and then turns Ooh, and sort of makes ass. makes a uh, an attack roll against this creature. Just casually stabs backwards while driving. What a whole fucking mood. Right? Uh, 27 hot. is actually a hit. Yeah, it's hot. Uh, for 16 points of damage. <laughs> Farrah can wow. handle herself. Why is she... Jeez! <laughs> hey, Farrah, come with us to the Cradle of Quartz. No reason why. <laughs> You're really good at shit. Wowie. kind of hot. It's not cold. Mm. Is she not a romance option? Jesus. And yeah, you know what? For her, for her third action, she's going to... Uh, she's actually going to just try to map disarm this creature. Why not? She's awesome. Ooh! Hot. So, uh, this is an athletics check. She's gonna roll a natural 20. It's all good. Another thirst trap. Okay, well, it's a 20 uh, minus the 5 map, so that's 15, uh, which is not enough to knock it loose and not even do it. It's okay, girl. You're driving. That's... <laughs> that's the end of her turn. These creatures get a chance to go. Um, so, I think the first thing it does is uh, dual strike onto... Or actually, first thing it does... Actually, yeah, this is fu- this is fine. Uh, the first thing it does is it starts. You actually watch as the runic energy starts to like pulse, and you watch as you, it starts chanting something in the language you don't understand and doing some movements. It's gonna cast a spell. Now the spell is a manipulate action, which can't. It does trigger an opportunity attack from Hal. No. All right, I'll take now it. Now we're gonna see what happens when you cast a spell on a mana storm. Yeah, we're going to find out what happens, because there will be a wellspring surge for sure on this one. Uh, 21 is enough to hit, because it's still snagging strikes. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, so we will never get to know what the uh, what the actual spell effect was, because Hal cuts it down before it's able to to do it. And um, Hal is... saves whatever the spell was from going off. Back here in the cabin, this one is going to... Uh, Basically, dual strike onto Farah. 26 is going to be a hit. Second one is a 28, which is also a hit. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Oh, Captain, my Captain. 10 and 11 for Farah. So Farah gets chopped down. She's barely injured. But that's the end of their turn. That brings us to Hal. We can go to Refi in the meantime. I would uh, push past everybody if I can. Actually, it, the the creature did have one more action, and he would have definitely closed the door with his last action. Rafi goes running in the door. There slams. is no door to close. He shattered the shit out of it. He does not have uh, that. He does have a third action though. I'm just gonna. For your map third action, action, you can die. Twenty is enough to miss on Farah. Okay. Perfect. Actually. Oh, actually, with the two attack, they only get one map attack, so it actually only goes to a minus five, which takes that to a 25, which actually is enough to hit Farah. Hair Strike is pretty good. 
So Farah takes 14 more points of damage. Okay, sorry, go ahead, Ruffy. Alright, first action, I stride into the room, or into the cabin. Alright, I'll shoot this motherfucker trying to hit our captain. 26 is a hit. Let's go, Ruffy. 11 points of damage. Alright, 11 points of damage. Takes it all. Third action, reloading, uh, running reload. Ooh, running reload, I love it. Just that image of, like, running up the airship. I know. As you go. I just want to talk, run, reload. <laughs> <laughs> That's my turn. Nice. Great, great ground. Perf. So I would use two strides to get up to that creature. I have 30 movement. It's like thir- 130 to there, 130 to there. Yeah, you definitely have two strides gets you there. No worries. And I will take a snagging strike. So you are, it is flat-footed thanks to Farah. You get a 25, which is a hit. And you deal 11 points of damage and snag it and make it flat-footed to everyone. Perfect. And Refi already went. Oh, pal, two points of acid damage. Natural one on your recovery check. You still, um. still taking that acid damage. Eating away at you. Anita. Oh, what can I do? So, still on Wybert. Actually, I'm going to get... For my first action, I'm going to grab another... I'm going to grab a Tanglefoot. Okay. I'm going to grab a Tanglefoot. And then I'm going to use two to give Wybert three. Okay. Wybert moving through the cabin. It's treated as difficult terrain because he's so big. So we only lose half oh, as far. Oh boy! Never mind. So never mind then. What the fuck? You could get off of him if you want and run yourself. But that's like an action, though, right? It is. Ooh, Okay, yeah, I'll do that instead. Dismounting on Wybert and then using my last action to get here. Well, imagine that's not Wybert. <laughs> there. Thank you. There we go. That's it for my turn. All right, uh, top of the round, Saruk. I think at this point, okay, you're on lookout. You, you said you opted to stay up here because you were pretty sure something, you know, just seeing if there's anything coming in. Last time you made an active perception check, you thought everything was pretty in the clear. Unfortunately, you look up now and you can see, like, right in front of you, the mana storm itself. The energy in the clouds is thickening, and we are about to fly right into an even stronger, heavier mana storm. Because we've been flying through a, like a, a moderate-sized mana storm. Mm-hmm. Up ahead, we're about to fly into a much heavier, thicker, more intense. You can just see the energy's much more intense, and we're the whole ship's about to to head into this intense mana storm in the next round of, of uh, combat. Got it. So you guys have okay. one more round before that hits. I think anyone in the cockpit looking out the front probably sees it coming if you have any awareness of what's beyond fair, at least. And I'm guessing that we were all inside in the first bit. So, like, being inside the ship isn't going to protect anybody from the what may come. Depends on the effects of the storm, honestly. But, yes. I see. Okay. Um, in that case, gonna just keep... Sk- well, before I start burning actions, is the ballista fully loaded? Uh, yeah, Nolby finished loading it on her turn, so it's it's loaded. Okay, cool. And it is currently pointing... Right at the rear of the ship, basically. Down. So in, if I were to use three actions to aim it, it would turn... 
How far can I get it again? I'm not looking at the stat block right now. Each aim boosts up to 35 feet. Got this it. whole ship is like, from front to back, it's like hundreds of feet, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you have to pick a, a square, not a movement. Yeah. All right, it's pointed at the butt for as long as we're here. Okay, so what is the most helpful thing I can do right now? I think maybe I'm going to try one more perception check just actively. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, is there anything anywhere? You don't get a clear vision of what it is, but as you focus on the energy and the mana storms that you guys are about to careen into... There's like a flash of lightning and you see a large shadow kind of like right in the middle of the cloud for just a split second. There's something big and something alive at the center of that mana storm. Interesting. Okay, well, you know what that means my second action is. Well, no, fuck my... Oh, my gun is loaded. I can do that. Device stratagem. I, I do not like the scary cloud monster and I'm going to use my other hero point about the scary cloud monster. Okay. I need better than a 19, please, please. Ooh, how about a natural well, 20? Then, Ooh, so good at Pathfinder. I'm gonna shoot them, I guess. I hope they are enemies. Uh, what a 34 hit. A uh, 34 definitely hits. Not a not a crit though, but it will be a crit because it's a natural 20. So. Okay, fair enough. I was giving me damn heart palpitations <laughs> okay they are flat footed I forgot for one second it was a natural 20 yeah. they are flat footed to the ship <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I'm gonna say Rethi and hope Rethi can catch the vibe 48 points of damage to whatever the fuck wow. that is wow that's a freaking roll man nice fail d12 is really cool alright whatever this is takes 48 points of damage in the clouds. I think everyone is like treated to like a loud guttural noise that like shakes every one of you to your core, which is the the roar of a dragon. Nobody, you better bring that ballista around front, you know, just uh, right now and in the reloading. And that was three. Well, you just deal 48 points of damage to the dragon. That was pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> Farah, like, here's the dragon sound, and you just watch as, like, there's, like, a, a, a sweat bead, and she kind of turns and looks at the, like, giant manister that's oncoming. She tries to at least do what she can with the, the rapier here. 25 is a hit. Damn. For uh, 11 points of piercing. As, as it does this, the runic energy flares and turns a light purple away from the orange. Uh, her second strike is unfortunately a miss, and her uh, her third action is to to basically use her captain's command, which is called no quarter. So she orders all of you to to rally behind her and gives you all a plus one status bonus to attack rolls and damage rolls until the end of her next turn. So everyone's in twenty feet. I'll just give it to all of you guys in the ship. And then the creature gets to go. Uh, targets Farah. Scimitar strike. Using the dual strike. Uh, 31's a hit. Next one is a 25. They're both hits. So if a creature within your reach uses a manipulate or move action, makes a ranged attack or leaves a square, it's not doing any of those. I don't think it triggers opportunity attack, unfortunately. A straight attack's not enough. So 11... 
and 14. Farrah takes 25 points of damage. She's looking pretty badly injured at this point. Um, and then I think... I think as it's doing the scimitar strike, it kind of reaches back and tries to target Hal with one of its like talons it has, and just like that kicks you with a map um, on a talon strike. Uh, that's a 26 to hit, which does hit Hal. You take 11 points of slashing damage, and as you feel the, the wounds sort of tear into you, you can feel something on the end of this, like some kind of disease that's trying to infect you. I need you to make a fortitude save. And there's a dragon coming? Not for most I've got it. Six, success. Saru just comes in. Yeah, I killed the dragon. All right, now it's your turn, Hal. Uh, I will snagging strike the creature. Ooh, that's a natural one. Not what you want to see. Map attack. Map attack it is. Uh, 18's also going to miss. Oh, hero point from Nina in chat. I don't know who that is. Who's Nina? I'll use it. Doc Nina? Doc Nina. It's someone from Scotland. That is now a hit. 15? 15 points of damage. Still just barely hanging oh, on. Oh my god. No. Let's go for... It is flat-footed, though, right? It is. Uh, n- the snagging strike missed, but flat-footed just for flanking with Farrah right now. Yeah. I think it's technically still f- still snagging strike from the previous turn. It hasn't moved. It's flanked right now by Hal, at least. Oh, boy. Yes! Let's go! That's a natural 20. Let's go. That's a crit. That freaking one! <laughs> 24 points of damage as as Hal carves through the last one of these things. Like, basically slashes through, it, like, falls over onto Farrah, who, like, is pushed into the, like, steering wheel, and she's, like, trying to, like, shoulder it off, so it, like, flops to the ground next, and she's just like, buckle up, boys! We're heading into the storm, as, like, you can watch as, like, the, the thick energy is, like, starting to envelop the ship, and the roar of the dragging is somewhere in that cloud. Oh my gosh, there's a dragon... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I need to make another roll because we are going into a new um, a new mana storm. So we have to see what the current what the new mana storm effect is. Hal takes another point of damage. Oh wow, it's the natural one again. So it's the same effect. It's just stronger. So you guys watch as it goes from like a sepia tone to like a pure black and white shadow. Like there's no ounce of color left in the world here within the uh, the mana storm. Go ahead and make that recovery check, though, Hal, just in case you can get rid of the uh, the effects. Come on, yeah, you, nice. you get it off of you. But yeah, you're standing at the you're standing at the controls, right? Ruffy is sort of like there behind you. Um, you guys are looking into the storm, and you all heard the unmistakable roar of a dragon. I'll give you guys a moment. What would you like to do, Ruffy? It is flat-footed to you if you shoot it right now. I don't know how you make that work, but I believe in you, and we'll give you a pass if you damage the ship. So it's straight ahead of us, past the cockpit? You've heard a roar. You don't have a, a visual on it. Saruk does because Saruk seeked it, you know? So you, you're not currently aware of where it is other than it's somewhere in front of you guys. The front of the ship is, like, full of solid glass, and it's in case there's no, like, window here or anything. The, you could theoretically, like, over here on this side, 
the sort of platforms roll down to the ground, you could open up one of the side platforms and like hang out the side of the airship. That seems like a good idea with the dragon coming <laughs> by. Uh, <laughs> but would it would it be within sixty feet of me? <laughs> probably not. It is not within sixty feet of you, unfortunately. I mean, you don't know where it is, but it's probably not within sixty feet of you. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, Sirk, but I don't think I'd be able to use that flat-footed. Boo. <laughs> I, th- I think just 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 what I want to do here too, because we're also at the end of the night. Instead of like micromanaging turns, I just want to like generally give a a pause beat. Know th- know that there's not like a lot of time. Like this thing's coming, right? There's something that's gonna be on you guys very soon. But I want to give you guys a breath to sort of, in a general sense, regroup and come up with the like where you want to be. Like if Stuart wants to come down to join you guys, he could in this interval. If you want to stay up there, you're in a good spot. Yeah, no worries. Um, uh, everyone else is going to. I'll let you guys just tell me, like, generally speaking, what are the three of you down there getting ready to do? No, I, I just wanted to ask uh, Farah if there's any way to reinforce, I don't know, like the armor of the of the airship, and then if there is, then I'll do the necessary crafting. Not when it's in flight. The ship itself does seems currently fairly undamaged, That's right? Awesome. <laughs> Okay. Oh, well, I'll be healing everyone. So I'll be healing Refi, Hal, and Farah. Refi with a medicine check and then quick medicine for. Well, Refi's already had battle. Ba- you already battle medicine, Refi. So he's immune to battle medicine. The only other check takes 10 minutes and you don't have you don't have that much time. We're talking like you have seconds to prepare, not like 10 minutes. Okay. I'll do my quick medicine for both Farah and Hal. Both with assurance. That's fine. You can you can do it on them because they uh, 12 points. 12 points for Hal and then 11 for Farah. And then Wybert just goes in and shelters for now. <laughs> 